I cry at everything. I cry at nothing. And nothing? I keep criers close. I cry, like, if I'm happy, cry. Sad, cry. My sweet spot, four to six. One Matt to three, cry. Cries. Seven to ten, cry. Matt will cry because he's thinking about a time when he thought of something that made him cry. Like, it goes dark and deep. If someone is around me and starts tearing up, mm-hmm. I'm done. Count me out. I'm out oh for Oh, my God. Count. I think I actually remember that because I think I was – when I was – do you remember when you were taping me for that audition? Mm-hmm. As a joke, I started crying, and you knew it was a joke. It was your suggestion. But I still... And you still started crying. <laughs> and it was me playing a character doing a joke. Welcome to the moon and truly darkly creepy. I'm Carrie Ipema and I just watched Apollo 11. I'm Quinlan Posner and I thought Apollo 11 was made up. I thought it was a fantasy (laughs) of Carrie's until about a minute ago when she explained it in fact went to the moon. Listen, I kind of so much space junk, like so much pollution on that. I think you're talking about my brain when you say that. My brain is space junk, pollution. But here's my excuse. Here's the amazing thing. Carrie, let me tell you about the amazing thing about childbirth. No, I'm just oh, kidding. Childbirth God. is gross. This again. This old hat. The amount of times Quinn has been like, Carrie, you wouldn't know. You haven't given birth. You wouldn't. You haven't given birth. It's true. But really, have I? I was on so many drugs. So many? Was it really fun drugs? It was just the one drug. No, I think it was two drugs. You know what? Who can remember? I was having the time of my life drinking a Mai Tai. They were like, you're having another contraction. And I was like, I don't believe you. You couldn't feel the contractions? Uh, I felt them for... You were in labor for a long time. Only 24 hours, I was going to say, before going in and raising the flag and saying, can a lady get a little help around here? Can a lady have a little nap around here? They just feel like crazy cramps, right? (laughs) Um... It does Notice start I didn't say way. crazy. Uh, yeah, thank you for giving it that. It does start like a crazy cramp, and it ends with something that is similar to a blackout feeling. You're in so much pain, you want to vanish yourself and the walls around you. Like, physically for me, I really liked pushing walls while I would have a contraction. Like, I had to stand and push a wall, and it was so funny because you call the hospital and you're like, I think I should, uh, I think I should come on by and they're always going to be like nah you know don't come by like here's a way to keep hanging out at home because the truth is like once you're there you're there till the baby comes out and they really don't want you like hanging out in a hospital bed for like however long so when I called I was like I think uh it's getting pretty real over here maybe I should come give you guys a visit they were like no no take a bath so my wife said get in the bath have a glass of wine. You'll feel better. She said, have I'm a like, glass of wine? Well, that's why I see them. you got to <laughs> see people that are mellow with perspective. But I, I tell you, that. I got in that bath, and my first contraction, I was like, oh, fuck no. And I, like, stood up, freaked out. It's like, you cannot stay calm 
even in your body when it's happening. Yeah. You have to like physically. I, I walked to the hospital while I was having them because I was like, I just need to keep moving, moving and pace. It's like I, I'm a pacer as it is. Yeah. When I got there, they were like, you need to sleep. So they gave me a epidural and 24. So you were in labor by yourself without the hospital for 24 hours. Yeah. Then I got to the hospital. They gave me the fucking epidural and it was like. I'm not a religious person, and it was as close to religion as I've ever come, (laughs) was getting that epidural. It was, like, truly to be in that level of pain and then just have somebody come and do a thing that takes it away from you was just so fucking awesome that, like, it was almost worth the pain to have it then gone. I don't want to oversimplify this, but I'm going to continue to do so. So it's like when you're on your feet for, like, 14 hours a day. I know this from experience, but it's like 14 hours a day. You're on your feet. And then the minute you get off and it's like that, like dull, crazy pain, but you feel like the release of it. And you're like, that feels fucking good. Yeah. I can't remember why I was telling you my childbirth story though. Like I, now I'm like, how did I loop that back? Because we made it. I know what I was going to say. This is what I was going to fucking say. So I was making excuses for myself about my lack of knowledge of geography, history, the fine arts, anything. Because my whole thing is that like, all you do is not pay attention in school, but then you have a kid and you go to school again. Because your kid comes home and it's like, help me with this homework. And you so have essentially, to come back to me in a few years. I'll tell you all the fucking things you want to know about Apollo 11. You know why? Because I'm going to have that be my homework. Because I'm going to be reading <laughs> fucking history books about garbage that I should have already learned and didn't pay attention. I'll do it for Koa, but I won't do it for me. That probably is, like, the mantra that, like, most moms do use. I don't know. That epidural was for me. Let me be clear on that one. I hadn't met the guy yet, though. You know what I mean? Wasn't exactly, like, in the habit of doing things for him. Oh, of co-op? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except just giving your body to him for nine months? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You weren't in the habit of doing anything for him. Yeah, but they don't really let you half-ass that, you know? (laughs) You're sort of, like, in it or not. (laughs) So you're like, all right, all right. I guess I should at least meet the guy before I reject him. And then you... Meet him and oh man. He's I was a like, cute fucking kid. He is the coolest guy. You've I've said ever met. it once, we'll say it before. He made some really he's doing some new comedy. He's only two years old. He's <laughs> the joke's not great. The jokes aren't great. I think he's very funny. I want to be clear, dear readers. The no, 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 jokes no. are they need work. He's funny. The jokes need work. I think there's like a really good amount of raw talent. Um Do you want to tell everybody the joke Co told you tonight? Yeah. So he it's just a one word joke. It's pretty good. And it and like any good joke, it requires a lot of explanation. <laughs> <laughs> so first he like he turns his head and then he looks at me and he just has this like little it's so mischievous. If there was a word that was bigger than mischievous, I would use it at this time. But he smiles and then he just goes, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> and I went, What? And she goes, and Quinn was like, Oh yeah. He thinks it's really funny that he knows his dad's name, which is Matt. I mean, it is. It's pretty funny. I just love. To me, it was the before <laughs> that got me so good because like, I oh, saw this him is being like, he was like, "This is gonna kill Carrie." He's like, this "He's is just like, gonna." I'm about. To, it was like watching fucking. She's gonna love this Babe one. Ruth come up with like a fucking bat and being like, "This one, I'm gonna fucking hit a home run." It was little Koa being like, "One word, bitch," <laughs> and you're on the floor, Matt. 
<laughs> and I don't think my reaction is one that he wanted because I went, what? <laughs> He's like, what's her problem? He's like, this, get a sense of humor. Yeah. Hey, dear Carrie, get the fuck out of my house is what he said. <laughs> he didn't use those words, but he did. He side-eyed her. He side-eyed. What's an, um, oh, I was going to segue and then I realized I had too much wine. So I was just going to like be like, <laughs> so you're just going to have to do it yourself. Find your own fucking segue. I can't do it for you. Well, speaking of documentaries, I did not watch one this week. What I did do is I did some research and I'm going to start this story with a little childhood rhyme. I can't wait. I need to, like, get a beat. I don't know. Is that good? Is that what you were looking for? And welcome to Drunk. Drunkly, truly, darkly, creepy. Okay. Truly, darkly, drunkly. Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. Andrew Borden is now dead. Lizzie hit him on the head. Up in heaven, he will sing. On the gallows, she will swing. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> that was cold. But is that I'm what you sing when you babysit Koa? Is that what you put him to bed with? 100%. Explains so a lot. I decided to do the infamous trial of a Lizzie Borden. Do you know this story? Uh, I'll tell you exactly what I know about it. Great. I know that Lizzie Borden is an axe murderer. I'm shrugging. I'm giving I'm giving you emoji. And that maybe she killed her whole family, as the song suggests. Sure. So you don't know much. You knew basically Correct. what I thought I knew. And that's the thing, is I was like, I want to find something that I... Okay, so I looked at, obviously, Wikipedia. Thank you. Smithsonian, Famous Trials, Encyclopedia Britannica, all that's interesting. Publishers Love Weekly. that all that's interesting, by the way. It's a great resource. It's really a great resource. Thank you, all that's interesting. This is a story of Lindsay... Lizzie... Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Whoa, we're here. All right. Um, Lizzie Andrew Borden. She was born in 1860. She uh, is a 32-year-old Sunday school teacher. Now, some background information, because I think it's important to kind of paint the picture before, because we kind of have an idea of where it's going. So her dad is, like, really fucking rich, right? So they're in Fall River, Massachusetts, and Andrew Borden... His first wife, her name is Susan, which is Lizzie and Emma. So Lizzie's older sister is Emma Borden. Their mother died when they were young. And three years later, their father remarried this woman, Abby. A little backstory, Lizzie never liked her stepmother. She always called her Mrs. Borden. um, And she claimed that she only married her father for the money. Likely story. Um, how did Andrew Borden get so rich, you might ask? Great question. Well, how did Andrew Borden get so rich? Great question, Quinn. Yeah. Um, he made his living manufacturing and selling caskets. Oh. Weird, right? Super Okey-dokey. weird. Okie Obviously, he also had, like, banks and shit. Basically, he started manufacturing, selling caskets and other furniture, and then sort of like parlayed that into owning like real estate holdings, all this stuff. At the time of his death, he was valued at $300,000, which in 2018 money, can you guess how much that is? Wait, it's Mm $300,000 in what year? 1892. I bet it was 
6.4 million dollars. Quinn, that's good. My guess is always 20 billion. Great guess this is too. A little over 8 million. Oh, okay? I was actually reasonable. You were very close. Me? I just shooting like, for the stars every shooting, time. I always feel like with money conversion, Caution I just think it's wind. like a billion dollars. They did not necessarily get along, Lizzie and her father. She obviously didn't love her stepmother, as I just said. But there was some disagreements, like weird kind of things. Like he was pretty stingy with his wealth. Their home did not have electricity or like indoor plumbing. What? Which is pretty rare. Oh, it's the 1800s. It's 1890s. <laughs> like, who is this person? <laughs> but for affluent homes, like, it was pretty common to, to have, have that. Fancies. But he just refused to. In May of What 18- did he spend the money on? Not much. He just, like, kind of stockpiled it. At some point that Lizzie, a couple months before his death, Lizzie and Andrew had a fight when he killed a bunch of pigeons because he didn't want any of the kids coming into his yard and, like, hunting them. So Lizzie then made a roost for them. Like, some weird shit was happening. she was, like, quick killing the birds? Yeah. Like, don't, like, she's like, I'm building them a home. Like, you're being a bad guy killing them. Strange person to take a stand, but go on. Strange, right? Well, Lizzie Borden cared a lot about animals. She was a Sunday school teacher, you know, a pious woman, I guess. So that was in May. In June of 1982, apparently... After a family argument, the sisters, Emma and Lizzie, left um, for an extended vacation. And when Lizzie eventually came back to Falls River, Massachusetts, she spent a couple of days in a rooming house before returning home. So clearly they did they did have a strained family relationship. That's what I'm trying to say. Another weird kind of thing that Andrew did was he gifted real estate to his wife's family. It's his wife, so he can do it. But, like, Abby, his wife, her sister or half-sister, he gave her a house. And when Lizzie and Emma were like, yo, dad, what the fuck? Can we get in on that? He um, sold them a rental house for a dollar. And then a couple months before the murders, they sold it back to their father for $5,000, which, like, kept coming up, which I thought was, like, pretty peculiar. That, like, clearly, like, there's just this, like, weird family thing um a couple days i don't totally get that he sold it to them for a dollar and they sold it back, back to, to him, him for five thousand dollars and this rental house that so they... it was his way of giving them five thousand dollars i have no like, idea legally, maybe possibly maybe, like he couldn't give them that money for some reason so it was his way to give them money well i guess they like freaked the fuck out because they're like you're giving mrs borden's fucking sister a house but you're not giving us shit and the rental house that he gave them was the house that they were in with with their mom when she died um a couple days before the murders the whole family was like really fucking ill for some reason again this andrew guy not well liked so his wife abby was like oh my god it's fucking food poisoning or no just poisoning straight up straight up poisoning but people suspect it was the mutton that was just left for days. You gotta watch that mutton. What the fuck is mutton? I picture... Like lard. Oh, funny. That's what you picture? I Yeah. I just picture like a dark brown, oily looking meat, but I made it up in my head. It's like a cartoon <laughs> image. It's based on nothing. Based on nothing. So based on no fact... That's it's onomatopoeic to me. It's yeah, like it's just what like the word mutton. mutton would look like is I think what I picture. I mutton chop is like the... The face, like the mutton chop, the fa- male facial hair. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, so the night before, so August 3rd, Susan, so his first wife, 
her brother, so Lizzie and Emma's uncle, came to visit um, to, dis- to discuss business with Andrew Borden. And apparently they got into a big argument August 3rd. So August 4th rolls around. The whole family has some breakfast. Morse. Um, so Morse, I want to say, where is his name? It's probably just spelled short, short, long, long, <laughs> short, short, long, short. For sure. For sure. So basically, Uncle Morse, I'm going to call him Uncle Morse. Uncle Morse comes, talks business, gets in a fight with Andrew. I assume it's about the real estate holdings because that just is kind of fucked up in mm-hmm. their family life. The next morning, they all have a breakfast. And in typical like Protestant style, we're probably very repressed. They're from Massachusetts. Like probably nobody was talking is how I imagine it. Uncle Morse then leaves to run an errand. And so does Andrew. So Andrew, the father, so both men leave. So in the house, Emma, the sister, the older sister, was visiting friends like 15 miles away. So in the house at this time is Lizzie, Bridget Sullivan, Maggie Sullivan. Um, She's the maid. And Abby Borden, who is the stepmother, right? So at nine o'clock, Abby goes up to the guest room that Uncle Morris had slept in that night. And somewhere in between 9 a.m. and 10.30, she was, like, making the bed or something. And at some point, she faced someone, and they struck her on the side of the head with a hatchet, which caused her to fall to her face to the floor. Um, And then the kill her struck her 17 times in the back of the head, killing her. Okay. So this happened between 9 and 10.30. God, that is not the way I want to go. For Let the record show. Let the record show. I don't think anyone wants to go that way. Not by hatchet. No, thank you. So at 10, or what they think is a hatchet. At 10.30, Andrew returns. So the patriarch comes in. Um, There's some conflicting stories here based on just like hearsay. Um, that I can get into later, but he comes in, apparently the door is locked and he has to knock. So the maid comes in and the maid between nine and 1030 was like washing windows outside. Mm-hmm. Didn't hear anything. So knocked, he comes in um, and apparently asks, where's his wife? Lizzie says, oh, a friend summoned her. She got a letter to go meet her friend. And so she went. She's probably out meeting said friend. Right? Yeah, yeah. So the maid, Bridget, claims that she possibly heard Lizzie laughing at the top of the stairs. But that's not totally verified. Right? That's not substantiated. Yeah, yeah. That's the word. So... Lizzie claims she takes off Andrew's boots for him and he goes into the parlor and lays on the couch and like has a little a wee nap. Sometime at approximately like 11 o'clock while he was asleep, he was struck 10 or 11 times with the hatchet, just hacked so much so that one of his eyeballs was split into two. His nose was completely severed from his face and he was asleep during the attack. Well, I can promise you, no, he wasn't. (laughs) Maybe he was asleep when the first blow hit, but like... But if the blow hit you in the head right away, like, would you wake up? 
It depends where. I don't know. I don't know, but you wouldn't be what I would call asleep. <laughs> he was, I mean, he, now he's dead. What's weird is, so Lizzie claims she takes his shoes off in the photo, or when they find him, his boots are on. Mm. Just a little anomaly there. Uh, is that weird because he was taking a nap? Yes, yeah, so he was on the couch with his boots on, which, like, conflicted with Lizzie saying she helped him take the boots off. I mean, it off. seems... There's oh, just I see, a I see, yeah. I see. Got it. So... I thought it was just like, what a rude guy. <laughs> how rude. Sleeping on the sofa with how your boots on. How dare he walk on. into his own house with the boots? Uh, boots with the fur. Oh, <laughs> cheers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, at 11.10, Lizzie calls to the maid who was resting on the third floor because she had thrown up, like, from the flu, whatever, the f- mutton or the flu. Something was happening. The family was sick. The maid was sleeping on the third floor. Notice she passed the second floor where Abby is lying dead at this time. Lizzie calls. Maggie, Bridget, Maggie, mm-hmm. both names. Maggie, come down. Come down quick. Father's dead. Somebody came in and killed him. Okay? So... Lizzie then calls a doctor, and she calls her neighbor, Adelaide Churchill, who comes over, and as she's looking for Abby, she's like, where is Abby, Lizzie? And Lizzie's like, oh, she went to go visit that friend who summoned her by a letter. Adelaide walks upstairs, and as she walks up the stairs, she's like, I level with the room that Abby is dead in, and she's like, holy shit, fucking Abby's in here. She's dead. They touch Abby. Abby is fucking cold. So they're like, oh, shit, she died before Andrew did. Got it. Okay. So police is called. Now, Lizzie starts talking to the police. Her story is pretty contradictory, right? So she's claiming at the time she was, like, out in the back looking for iron in the shed or something and then walked in. There are reports that there were some, like, strange men walking around. But, again, none of those are really substantiated. The police did not like Lizzie's attitude. They called her too calm and poised, and apparently she couldn't summon a single tear. Now, Oh, so she was basically being... Which, she was in trouble for not being a crybaby. Yeah, which I don't love, because to me that scream is like, do you think she should be hysterical because she's a woman? Definitely. You and know? It, if it were a man, would and they she have and said jack sister, shit? And she and her sister cry? were both spinsters. And I'm using that term... Because Lightly. that's a historical. <laughs> <laughs> because that's a historical. Like they were both like unmarried. Lizzie Emma felt like more of a textbook spinster. I don't know. Moving on. Moving um, on. So they both like to sit around and play old maid. <laughs> Literally. Literally. With their lives. Um so <laughs> So they didn't like her attitude. Um, So right away, she was not checked for blood. And police admitted to not searching her room very well since she said she wasn't feeling well. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of, like, botched police investigation on this end. In the basement, they found two hatchets, two axes, and a hatchet head. And there's some conflicting reports whether the handle was there or just the hatchet head. The hatchet head didn't have blood on it but apparently it looked like there was dust added to make it look like it had been down there for a long time mm-hmm. so people suspect that the broken one the broken one was the murder weapon um, since the break looked new and the dust was applied to it to make it look like it had been down there the whole time but none of those tools were removed from the house what do you mean it was like back in the day and they weren't like 
Yeah, I it, it when I was reading this, it just felt like really clumsy police policy talk. was just like write down what you think, <laughs> like, yeah, what you feel, what, walk around what you the think. house, what talk to people, feel. look at stuff, and write down what you think and feel. I think like the end without computers, who took their job seriously? So, <laughs> so the um, there was no poison found in either Abby or Andrew because they tested that. So Emma got a telegram about what happened. So she comes back. What's really weird to me, they call their friend Alice, right? So it's Alice, Emma, and Lizzie. And they stay the night in their house. Wait, who does? Emma, Lizzie, and Alice. Like, the night after the murders. Yeah. Where the police, like, didn't take any evidence, like, didn't check shit, didn't do anything. The they called their friend Alice, who came over, and more Uncle Morse came back, and like Uncle Morse. Everybody sleeps in the murder house. In the murder house, yeah. That does seem weird. That it feels seems so like just emotionally, you'd maybe be like, "Can I stay Get the at your fuck. place?" Yeah, like maybe if there was a murder where I was, I definitely wouldn't call my friends up and be like, "So." Want you gotta over? sleep over Listen, so I don't feel scared. Listen, night slumby party? But maybe that was the whole. At the same time, maybe they were like, "Poor Lizzie, she just lost all these people in her family. We don't want to tell po- her. Like, no, like how we to don't want to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like maybe you want to be near your stuff and sleep in your bed, so we'll come keep you company because you lost your family. Hmm? Apparently, I also read some reports that like mom and dad, stepmom and dad, I should say. Their bodies were not removed yet. So, like, their bodies were still in the house. What? I okay, don't so know they if that's slept, true. Like, no. it's fucking weird. It's just that's fucking way weird. too bananas. There are rumors that, they like, Morse slept the in the murder bodies. room. Like, which is not true. They were like, no, he slept in the attic. No. But there are, like, a lot of weird... I mean... <laughs> Did he, like, slept by a body? <laughs> no, like, his the body was removed into the kitchen. Uncle Morse slept in the room because it was his guest room that Abby was killed in. So he's like, well, I mean, I already slept in this bed. I mean, you don't, don't want to dirty another set of sheets, but that's not true. Okay. So the police were kind of like watching the place. And that night they saw Lizzie leave, um, enter the cellar, the basement with a slop pail. And um, it looked like she was bent over the sink. So she went down there with her friend Alice. Alice left and they saw Lizzie kind of moving in between the house and the basement. On August 5th, the next day, Uncle John Morse, that's his name, John. John Morse left the house. So he like had that like cute fucking hot rock hard alibi where he was like out of town. He was like. (laughs) I'm out. Love that alibi. Well, he was a rock hard alibi, but he left. How about his abs, though? His abs, pretty loose. They had corsets <laughs> you'd be for surprised. You'd be, honestly, you'd be surprised. So the next day on August 6th, the police finally, like, conducted a thorough search of the house. So they finally got through, mm-hmm. went through all the houses. It was then that Lizzie was told she was a suspect, which I think is actually weird. What? She was told she was a suspect. I feel like, don't they want to, like, interrogate her? Whatever. Um, They were not into cross-examination at the time. They were like, hey, we think you did it. Now answer these questions. (laughs) Hey, don't tell anyone, but we think you did it. You're the best we've got. Did you? (gasps) Could you just... Just admit it. Just say if it was you. All right. If it was you, just give us a sign. You don't have to say yes or no. And she, like, pulls out, like, the hatchet. (laughs) (laughs) Mysteriously. What was weird is that this is, I thought, was so fingerprinting was like newfangled technology at the time, and they just decided not to use it. What? On the crime scene. Which I think is. Who made that call? 
You know what? The commissioner. I always blame Damn the commissioner. commissioner. Another weird little piece of information is that Alice, the friend who was staying over, and she didn't admit this during the trial, but she claims that she walked in and Alice was in front of a stove and she was tearing up her dress and putting it into the wood burning or whatever stove was around. Whatever. The pizza oven. It was a pizza oven. Thank you. It was actually the Domino's conveyor belt pizza oven. (laughs) (laughs) She she was ripping up. She was tearing up her dress and she was throwing it into the fire. And when when Allison was like, whoa, 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 what are you doing throwing, tearing up that dress and burning it? Alice was like, oh, my God, it's so crazy. I got, like, paint on the bottom from the baseboards. It's weird. Yeah. So this dress is useless. So I'm just going to burn it. Peculiar. What color was the baseboards? I don't know. I mean, she's rich on the one hand. Rich people are eccentric. But on the other hand, I'm like, uh, what about Halloween? Wear it on Halloween. Was Halloween a thing in 1892? <laughs> um, for this Halloween, it's like it's like be Lizzie o- Borden for Halloween. It's and like wear it's like O.J. Simpson dress. who's like wrote a book that was like if I did do it. Yeah, it's like sorry to get like, so meta. I'm going as an axe murderer. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> so, um, so she was notified that she was a suspect on August 6th. Um, on August 8th, they had the Inquisition. Now, what was peculiar about the Inquisition? Or the inquest, as they call it. I'm just changing it to inquisition, but it's an inquest. Is there a difference between those two? I don't know. So on August 8th, she had her inquest, which is peculiar, is that Lizzie asked, she requested a lawyer, and they told her no, because there was, like, some state rule or something that, like, if it was private, she didn't need a lawyer. And this, to me, was like, where'd your rights go? Wicka, wicka, what? Did they have rights then? No, no one had rights. rights are. Women rights, <laughs> cute. So, <laughs> so she went for the inquest. The fucking doctor prescribed her morphine for her nerves. That's bananas. Yes. So they went in to like be like, "Hey, we need to like get a confession out of her. Let's give her fucking morphine." It's weird because I imagine you'd be a little sleepy for a confession at that point. So. During her confession, they claim, like, her behavior was erratic or she refused to answer questions, even if the questions... She was questions, probably asleep. She probably... She refused to answer questions. She was, like, <laughs> dead, Like, so out of it. But what's weird is they're, like, she refused to answer questions, even if it was beneficial to her. And it's, like, yeah, if someone is not answering questions as a suspect, even though they would be beneficial, maybe something else is at play here. Like, maybe she's drugged maybe up. Maybe she was on morphine. You should look into that. You should really kind of check into that policy, you know? Um, so she contradicted herself. She was at one point, she was like, yeah, I was reading a magazine when it happened. She was like, oh, I was doing ironing. Or I did take off his boots. Not in the picture. The DA was really aggressive and confrontational. So three days later, on August 11th, um, Lizzie was served with a warrant and arrested and jailed. She was in jail for nine months. Nine months without, like, before the trial. How old is she when this happened? 32. So she was you. I'm 30. How dare you? But she was me. I am her. Um, <laughs> that is, me. I'm just saying, it's, uh, it's that's hard. Lizzie Borden. And I also, like, I'm curious about, like, what the lady jail situation was in the, ni- in the 1890s. I picture there being tea, but I'll have to look it up. <laughs> 
picture there being tea. I don't know. I don't know a lot about the 1800s. I picture everything having tea, to be fair. I picture <laughs> tea, little be else. Fair. Little else, but <laughs> tea be fair. if it's before if it's before 1920, tea. 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 On August 11th, she was served with a warrant and arrested and jailed. The grand jury first heard evidence on November 7th. Which, August 11th to November 7th, long time. Um, She was indicted on December 2nd. Another weird thing. Yeah. Remember how I mentioned that when her dad came in, she was like, oh, yeah, 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 Abby, Mrs. Borden, got a letter from her friend, and that's where she is. And then when, like, the neighbor came, Adelaide, she was like, where's Abby? She's like, oh, yeah, 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 she got a letter from her friend summoning her. Apparently that note was never found. Which it seems... That feels like a pretty hard... Like, a weird alibi. It's not an alibi, necessarily, but, like, it's a... It's proof that, like, what Lizzie said about her friend or about her stepmom is legit. Do you know what I mean? No. Like, it's proof that she had a reason to believe that her stepmom was out of the house. Right, 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 Which isn't necessarily an alibi, but it's kind of like an... It's the same as the shoe thing. It's just sort of like, you said this, this and it feels a little like, is that right? And Yeah, exactly. So that's where... And she also claims... But also, it does feel like the crime scene is, like, not being treated like a crime scene also. So if you want to turn around... a couple of days before doing anything. Well, then they want to turn around and be like, we couldn't find that note. It's like, are you sure one of you didn't fucking take it and, like, use it as toilet paper? Lizzie was like... Maybe my stepmom burned it right after she received a burn notice. <laughs> Maybe she burned it right away. She like it's a strange habit to be in. It's a weird habit. To I be mean, like, I do that. <laughs> I get a Christmas. You send me a Christmas card. I burn, burn it. it immediately. Get a postcard. Burn, burn it. I mean, if you're if you're worth your weight Bill after from these Bank, impeachment burned. testimonies, burn any correspondence. I burn it all. Burn it all. Burn notice. Okay, so the trial finally happened which was called the great trial because there was so much media attention about it the great trial started on june 5th 1893 um what was peculiar was four days prior to this june 1st Mm -hmm. 1893 there was another axe murder in fall river massachusetts that was very similar to the death of andrew and abby borden Um, anyone that knew lizzie they did not know Lizzie. Okay. Um, she was in jail. So her alibi, rock hard. The woman was hacked to death in her kitchen, but they they found that it was a Portuguese, Portuguese immigrant um, who was convicted. Let's be honest. Immigrants, they were not treated very well, and it could have possibly been a frame job, but I'm not totally convinced that this Portuguese immigrant actually did it. But they said when that murderer was convicted oh, that murderer wasn't near Fall River a year ago or, like, you know, nine months ago Mm -hmm. when Abby and Andrew were killed. So no no relation, no connection, just the exact same cause of death. Peculiar. So in the trial, there was a lot of confusion about the murder weapon. Like, there's conflicting research about whether the handle was next to the broken-off hatchet top or if the handle was gone. If the handle was gone, they're like, oh, it was so fucking bloody. There was no way to get the blood off. And it Mm -hmm. broke just from the blunt force. There was no bloody clothing found, which let's be honest. Like if someone is like hatcheting someone's face, there would be blood everywhere. Yeah. Like would she have had time regardless of if she took off her dress and was like burning it? It's blood. 
wouldn't she have had stuff under her nails in her hair that would have been harder for her to get out? Well, they didn't check her at all for blood stains. And it's not I, their style. But I'm also like, it was 1892, and this house did not have indoor plumbing. So, like, in order oh, for her to shit, wash her right. face, I right? I forgot that. So even to do all that, but, like, you would need warm water over and over and over again if there was, like, blood in your hair. Right? This is wild. In the trial, Mm -hmm. they brought, this is so fucked up, they autopsied Abby and Andrew's body. During the trial, they brought in the skulls of Abby and Andrew into the courtroom. Oh, my God. And, of course, what did Lizzie do? She fucking fainted. She fainted. She She had a physical reaction, which I think actually helped her. Like, I think the prosecuting attorney was like, I'm going to get these skulls in there. They're going to see, like, what a horrible killer she is. And then then everybody was like, oh, my God, be still my heart. I'm so sad for this woman. She's fainting. She's a weak heart. She's a woman. She's weak. Um, (laughs) She certainly didn't murder anyone. She didn't murder. She did not murder anyone. Another thing was a bunch of Jamokes from Mm -hmm. like the corner shop the day before testified that they saw Lizzie trying to pick up prusic acid, which is kind of like cyanide. Did she? But she needed a prescription, so she couldn't do it. So they're like, oh, she was trying to have another plan to poison them. Is there something she would have actually needed that for? I think if, like, the plan didn't work out so she could poison them. No, no, I'm saying, like, like an innocent explanation. Oh, I I also read to clean a seal skin coat. Oh, yeah, you got it. Well, she's rich. (laughs) She's rich. She probably has a seal skin coat. (laughs) But the reason why I think that was, like, so sensational is because poison is considered the ladies. Um, Like, what is it? The weapon for the ladies? It's like a, like a not, like, it's like a, I'm, like, weak and I can't kill anyone, so I'm going to poison them. Right. Like, it feels like. That's how I always do it. It's honestly sexist. True. (laughs) I said it. Hatchet. Um, This is weird. Another thing was, is they stressed that she lacked Amazonian proportions. So (laughs) when she showed up to court, you bet your ass that she was, like, serving you morning chic you know what i mean like she was like i'm so sad dainty like a corset a fan and like a little bouquet of flowers you know for the smell she didn't look strong and so they were like she could not possess the physical strength um let alone the moral degeneracy to wield a weapon with skull cracking force that feels like an ad for a movie at this time what's really funny not funny But a bunch of women's rights groups were like, whoa, 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 hold up the phone. This trial is bullshit because, yes, you have a jury of, quote, unquote, 12 peers. Scoff. Pish posh. Pish posh. I say to that. Women can't fucking vote. Women can't serve on juries. Like, this is not for peers. And women cannot hatchet murder. And women cannot hatchet murder. So... The groups that rallied by her side were the Women's Christian Temperance Union and the suffragists, who were like, nah, 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 not going to pass. So most of the jurors were Protestant, which was like the common religion of the town. In fact, a lot of immigrants were coming in and they were practicing Catholic. And so there was some animosity between the two. One of her lawyers was the former governor of Massachusetts, who actually appointed um, some of the jurors and judges. She was like using that money, paying for the connections, the people, everything. She was like throwing money at the problem because she was rich. Because here's what's interesting. Because Abby died first, 
all of Abby's like assets went to Andrew. And then when Andrew died, all of the assets went to Lizzie and Emma. If it was reversed, like if Andrew died, right? That's what I read that like if Andrew died, it would have gone to Abby and then it would have gone to her next of kid, but she's not blood related to Emma and Lizzie. So Lizzie would try to get the money by killing theoretically. Yeah. Yeah. After two weeks, the jurors, the rural jurors, <laughs> after two weeks, the rural jurors, um, they found her not guilty unanimously. Whoa. However, like it was an immediate thing, but they stayed in there an extra hour and a half to be like, hey, guys, 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 like we should, we should make sure that like people think we deliberated actually, but like we all know she's innocent. So it was like immediate. So on June 20th, she was acquitted. And when she left, she told reporters that she was the happiest woman in the world. Not the choice of words I used. I feel like I would be like, I'm really happy with the outcome. I miss my daddy. Right? Yeah, throw in a daddy. So there's a lot of speculation of what happened. I read the Smithsonian and the Smithsonian wrote in the article... While there is no doubt that Lizzie Borden committed the murders, the rhyme is not correct, which I thought. Take issue with something. <laughs> That's I the thing. Like, I feel like, can you say with complete certainty that Lizzie Borden killed her father and stepmother? Oh, I see what you have issue with. Yeah, that's pretty bold. But, it's a uh, bold statement. But also, yes, she did not axe one. It was a hatchet. Two, it was like. 29, not like 41 on one and 40 on the other. But who's counting? But who's counting? Well, the coroner, the autopsy. (laughs) That's That's who's counting. That's their job. So broad daylight. It's weird to me that it happened during the day, like 9 a.m., 1030 in the morning. Who is in the mood to kill at such an hour? What a bold fucking move. Like in the daylight. There was a theory that she killed them in a fugue state. Right. Uh, That she. Yeah. Highly disagree. Maybe she was, you know what? She was on her period. That's, yeah. That's the answer. She was on her period. Makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. This other theory was that she was physically and sexually abused by her father. Who knows? um, Which drove her to commit patricide. But, like, realistically, there's no evidence of that. And there was no really way to collect evidence at that time because nobody was talking about it. This is an interesting one, that she was having a love affair with Bridget Maggie Sullivan, the maid. Oh, the maid, of course. The maid, the maid in the affair with a hatchet. It was game of yeah. clue. Um, I love it. I love, I love it. it. <laughs> so they were having like a lover's tryst, and apparently, like that Abby is certainly the most in. somatic decision. Yes, Chloe Sevigny and Kristen Stewart played this in. Who's who? Chloe Sevigny was Lizzie, and Kristen Stewart was the maid. I think. In the movie. I haven't seen it. Ah, I'd have liked a reverse of that, but go on. (laughs) Apparently, like, there's a theory that they were in a love affair. The family found out, and so she killed them because they were, you know, mad. They were like, oh, gross. They were like, lesbos. Lesbos. Boo. Boo. On Sullivan's deathbed, on the maid's deathbed in 1948, she claimed she changed her testimony to protect Lizzie. Don't know the change. She was also dying. Maybe she, I don't know. I actually am like kind of feeling like John Morse had something to do with it. Uncle John. Just because he left, had like that rock hard alibi. Right. But he feels like he had the most to gain from it. Because as I said. He got money? No. But if, 
if it went Andrew, then Abby, he would have been completely out of the lineage. Mm-hmm. Where I feel like because it went Abby to Andrew to the girls, he actually is blood related to Emma and Lizzie. Oh, okay. That's be sort careful. of... Be careful. Who you will your money to. I mean, he was out of town. But I think it's peculiar that he came in the night before. They had a talk about business. They argued. That morning he left. After Lizzie was acquitted and the whole town knows, in fact, like the whole nation knows about her, right? Mm-hmm. So she changes her name to Lizbeth. Great. Cool. Cute. But she stays in Fall River, Massachusetts. Yeah, I don't know if I'd have made that choice. That feels Although peculiar. Although at the same time, maybe she was trying to be like, I'm innocent. Fuck you. Like, I don't have to move. Yeah, but in the court of public opinion, she's, like, not super popular. And so her and her sister move in together, which I think is, like, actually sweet. They're both spinstas, but they live together. They seem to really like each other, which is why I feel like they might have been in cahoots, even though Emma was 15 miles away at the time of her parent of her father and stepmother's death. Mm-hmm. They ended up moving to a house in Fall River on the hill, the place that they wanted to move. Mm-hmm. They probably got indoor plumbing, let's be honest. In ni- 1897, Elizabeth was accused of shoplifting. Um, Would you steal? I don't know. I wonder if it's like Winona Ryder style. Uh, oh, see, I was like, I wonder if it's... um A hatchet? No, like a ham sandwich. <laughs> like, um... Why a ham sandwich? <laughs> that's what he stole in The Jinx. <gasps> Robert right. Durst was like so almost off the hook and then like went and stole a sandwich. I love that. Like put on his wig, went to the store, stole a Sammy. He's that a billionaire. Documentary and is millionaires so steal good. things. That's their thing. So in 1897, she was accused of shoplifting a ham sandwich. In 1904, Lisbeth met an actress named Nance O'Neill. People are like, okay, so this woman, she's like older. She's not married. Were they lovers? Like, Maybe she's a lesbian. A year later, in 1905, after an argument with her sister, Emma, with Elizabeth and possibly even over Nance, we don't know. It's all speculation. Um, But Emma moves out of the house and Lizzie and Emma never see each other again, which is sad for me. That is sad. So Lizzie dies at the age of 66. And then nine days later... Emma dies. Ugh. So these two sisters, like, were really connected, even though they didn't see each other. Yeah, that's, like, were... reminds me of, like, old couples that happens it reminds with, yeah. Me of, yeah, exactly. It's like the notebook. Mm-hmm. Well, well, spoiler alert, haven't seen it, but thanks. Fast forward. <laughs> um, uh, so neither sisters had were married or had kids. There was, like, no next of kin. So they were rich when they died. They had a lot of money. So... Where did it go, you might ask? Great question. Where did it go? Great question. Totally unprompted. They left $30,000, which in today money is $3 million. I'm just kidding. It's $581,000. They left it to the Fall River Animal Rescue. Pigeons. Our furry friends. They love our pigeons. Remember? Remember when Lizzie saved the pigeons? Feed the birds. Tuppence a bag, Lizzie. Oh, amen. $500, so $10,000 in today's money, um, went to a trust to keep taking care of her father's grave. Okay. Who, so like the graveyard got that money? So like, or like some, a, a maintenance team. A maintenance team it was got like, that they money. They probably were like, here, there's interest or whatever, but like pay yourself out of that and it'll accrue. It was like a trust. Do you think it was because she was guilty or sad? Yes. Oh, double. <laughs> 
Um, so the rest was distributed to friends and family. So probably she didn't have a lot of friends and family. Or by family, probably was like Uncle John. But what I think is interesting is the house where the murders took place mm-hmm. is called the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast. Oh, well. It's a museum and a and b You can go and, like, learn about murders and then sleep there. What is the TripAdvisor rating? Oh, I don't know. That's a really good question. And what are the levels of, like, sightings? And there is paranormal activity. People oh, I'm claim. sure. That's an obvious one. And that's probably the only reason to name it that. It's not to be, like, homage to the woman that lived here. It's to get fucking business, right? I mean, I'm curious what people bought the house for. So Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast Museum. Oh, free tours and Wi-Fi. Unique B&B in the home of the 1892 Borden Axe Murders with traditional rooms, free tours, and Wi-Fi. Uh, if let's... anyone can find that letter, <laughs> your stay is free. <laughs> <laughs> um, Five-star reviews. I would not stay overnight. I don't know if I would even go. I'd do a day trip. You would do, do a day trip. We'll go I'd day trip. We'll go apple picking. We'll do a tour. Great. It feels like we planned this episode. Uh, my story is a best friend to your story. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever heard, but I am doing the story of Miss Leonarda. Uh, shit. This last name's going to kill me. All right. Uh, <laughs> if I say it like that, like a false Italian Let me, offensive how accent. Spelled? Do you see this? Absolutely it's, not. All right. C I A N and then C. I-U-L-L-I. Chianchuli. Chianchuli? Chianchuli would be my guess. You okay. do a C like a ch-ch-ch in... I think so, but when it's two Cs, it's k, as we learned last week. All right. Week. I think it's Leonardo Chianchuli. I love the name. She was born in Montella al Avellin. All right. Listen, You're very it's good be, at Italian. <laughs> keep just doing like this you offensive accent. It's really sad that order. you're not better at it, even though you drink wine. I think the wine we're drinking, to be fair, is, is Chilean. Oh, so, it's Chilean. Um, whatever. What you need to know is this is an Italian woman, the face of what an angel. What kind of Italian? Is she like a beautiful Italian? Um, do like, you want to see a picture of her? Or is she like a mama Italiana? She's a mama. I'll show you. <gasps> I'm gonna like she's like you. fucking making then meatballs. All right, this is what she looks like. Oh yeah, she's a mama, right? We got a madre. All right. Oh yeah, she That's looks Leonardo. Italiano. I like her. To nowhere's to she, love. You know her. what can I tell you? That one probably makes a delicious gravy. And yeah, I called tomato sauce gravy because that's how you do Girl, it. Girl, you have no fucking idea. Wait till you hear about this bitch's gravy. So. When she was still, we know very limited things that is the truth about like her early life. We know a couple weird things that paint a picture of somebody that maybe suffered a little, had mm-hmm. some maybe, maybe a mental disorder. I don't want to cast aspersions here, but she, it's said in a lot of the research I did that she attempted suicide twice in her life, it's earlier life. Oh. In 1917, she married a registry office clerk. His name was Raphael Ponsardi. Her parents, no. They weren't into it. Not at all. 
they had planned to marry her actually to another dude. So they were like, we hate this. And in fact, her mom was so pissed off. She cursed them. What? Yep. Did it. God, I don't want to be cursed by my mom. No, don't do it. In 1921, uh, the couple moves to uh, Lowry Potenza, where Chian Chuli. You're so uh, good. <laughs> thank you. So she was sentenced and imprisoned for fraud in 1927, I read. Couldn't find a lot of info on that. But when released, they moved to this other town, Lacedonia. And after their home, they like, they, look, they come into some like bad luck one after another. Bad their home's or... destroyed in the 1930 Erpinia earthquake. And then they move again to this city, uh, Correggio in Reggio Emilia. And that is where <gasps> Reggio. we'll be there next spring with a live show. No, come on. That'd be so amazing. I just thought like, of- I looked at Quinn like so excited. I'm like, when are we going? If you say it, it will come. We're going to be there. You know, they're in this Reggio Emilia place. It's pretty good. She opens this little shop. She's happy. She's well-respected in her neighborhood. She had a rough life. I don't know. The curse thing, I don't know. But. Let's just say she was pregnant 17 times <gasps> and she didn't have 17 kids. You oh. know, she lost three of those children to miscarriage. And then she had 10 die when they were baby, baby, baby. Oh, Leonardo. I so know. Did she have, did four go into adulthood? Four. Yeah. So she has like these four kids. That, that is you... not good numbers. Nope. But so she's like super fucking mama bear protective of these four kids of course and then she got like this creepy warning from a fortune teller who was like you're gonna marry and have children but all your children are gonna die young so she had this feeling that like because that was proven to be true so much that the four that she did have she was like they're not gonna grow old and so she just felt like a lot of anxiety surrounding them. Then she also visited a Roman palm reader who told her, in your right hand, I see prison. And in your left hand, I see a criminal asylum, which will come into play later. But basically, there were a lot of psychics that gave her the business and they knew what they were talking about. And or that she fulfilled with, their prophecy. Or she fulfilled. That's a good point. Or she heard all this. She thought she was cursed. Well, the point is she for real thought she was cursed and she for real believed this woman that was like, your kids are going to die young. So she let's go to 1939. Her oldest son and favorite son, Giuseppe, was going to join the Italian army for World War Two. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I'll do whatever it takes to protect my baby. This part is a big leap. So just Hold my hand. Here we go. And away. She's like, go. I think that probably in order to protect him, I need to make human sacrifices. (gasps) Somebody like there is this curse. Somebody wants my kid dead. The only way to like prevent it would probably be to sacrifice up some other people. Well, that feels like like weird reasoning. Well, that's what she thought. So, so she also like she was regarded in the community as a little bit of a fortune teller herself. And or I don't know if you'd call it like a fortune teller. I don't know 
if they had the idea of this then, but I'm sure they did. It was 19 fucking 40. She was not a licensed therapist, but people would come to her for help, I think. Yeah. Help of whatever sort. And I think she was a little like regarded as somebody that just knew what to do to fix your situations. So she had um, a lot of like people coming and seeking advice, uh, whatever their reason was. Obviously, um, we're about to find out it's just it's probably not a good idea to go visit your friend Leonardo. So Faustina Setti was this. Uh, oh, you just used this word, too. So I'm going to throw it back into play. She was a lifelong spinster. Yes. Um, and so she came to her friend Leonardo for help in finding a huh. dude. And Leonardo is like, okay, there's this guy for you in Pola, but don't tell anybody about it. You know what you should do? You should write letters and postcards to your relatives and your friends and then I'll mail them when you get to Pola. Oh, this is so premeditated. Just like, basically she was like, write to everybody that you're friends with and be like, I'm fine. Like, that's so manipulative, and at the time, this chick is like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I will, I'll, yeah, great idea, great, yeah. great plan. Oh, here's the pen. Here, you want a pen? So she writes these, and then she's like, yeah, come see me one last time before you go to Pola to meet this dude. And so, bring all the letters, and make sure you address yeah, them and stamp them, because honestly, 100%. I can't afford it. 100%. So Seti comes to visit Leonardo, and Leonardo's like, oh, to your departure, have a glass of wine. Here you go. Which was 100% drugged. Then guess what happened? If she puts it in her fucking gravy. She killed her with an axe. <gasps> oh, they are related. And then she drug her into a closet. And then she cut her into nine pieces and put all the blood in like a, collected the blood in like a big thingy. Drained her of her blood. And, okay, that I'm going to do a lot of quoting Leonardo. I can tell you what happened, but I think it's fucking insane to read this woman's words about what she did. What did she? Okay, read them. I can't wait. I can't wait. I threw the pieces into a pot, added seven kilos of caustic soda, which I had bought to make soap, and stirred the mixture until the pieces dissolved in a thick, dark mush that I poured into several buckets and emptied in a nearby septic tank. As for the blood in the basin, I waited until it had coagulated, dried it in the oven, ground it, and mixed it with flour, sugar, chocolate, milk, eggs, as well as a bit of margarine, kneading all the ingredients together. I made lots of crunchy tea cakes and served them to the ladies who came to visit, though Giuseppe and I also ate them. Digest that motherfucker. She's like, no pun intended. Digest that. I'm very not intended. That, oh so, but God. the weirdest is that she's like, she served it to people, but then she was also like, I'm gonna try that myself. I'm gonna try it myself, and I'm gonna give one to my kid. Here, Giuseppe. That person have feels, a tea cake. Leonardo feels like really like something something going on up there in that in that brain piece of hers. She was not a happy person. And she was cursed, but it feels like oof. for her to be cursed. The curse thing feels real. The curse 17 feels like, is sur- rough. 17 is rough and like moving, like all that stuff is rough. But like if she was cursed, that would really suck. I really want to know where she got the idea. People. She took it. Like also, 
what dessert has blood as the main ingredient? I'm missing something. Did did she oh, put eggs in that? Oh, that's red velvet cake. You don't know that? <laughs> Have you never had a red velvet cake? That's the main ingredient. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Changed it for all of you, didn't I, readers? Tell it's not. It's it's not vegan. Okay, red velvet cake is not. I don't vegan. care what people are telling you. It's not vegan. It's not vegan. Leonardo received Seti's life savings of thirty thousand uh, dollars, which she had given her as payment for her services and like hooking her up with this dude. I don't know if that's substantiated or not, nor do I think it matters because I really, really, really don't think I don't think it was about money. It was with about her. money. It was about like protecting her son so by sort of, sacrificing humans. I think it's beside the point. I don't know. Uh, then her friend uh, Francesca oh, God, Suave. Stop with these friends. They're not friends. She's well, trying to kill you. Thought, I think they thought they were friends. I mean, there there are people in her community that were coming to her for help. So uh, Leonardo's like, "Hey, I found you a job at this school for girls in Piacenza." Don't go, Francesca. It's sort Don't of the go. same. I mean, she's a serial killer. It's the same scenario. She basically was like, "You Don't should write these anyone. postcards." To your friends that say that everything's cool and say that you're going to go work for this school. Like, just let them know. And then she's like, oh, but before you go, come visit me one last time. And then she does the same thing. She gives her drugged wine, murders her with an axe. And this is 1940. Her body was just, it's the same treatment, really. And then, um, again, she got... A bunch of the victim's money because she was paying her for, I don't know, finder's fee for the job or oh therapy. God. It's a really bad therapist, huh? God, I'm so lucky my therapist is like in a reputable office in Brooklyn. It makes you really wonder, though. What does your oh. therapist like to snack on? Tea cakes or no. red velvet cake? You're going to think twice. I'm definitely Next thinking. Next time you see I'm your therapist is snacking on, the... you're going to be like, was that a patient you didn't like? <laughs> and you should say that because <laughs> I really want to hear your therapist deal with that I like to make my therapist it. laugh. It's actually a problem that I have, but mm. we're, we're dealing with it. We're working through it. <laughs> we're working on it. So the third, and don't worry, final victim oh, I'm so was worried. Virginia Cacioppo, which, who is a former soprano... So she even sung at La Scala. And Leonardo was like, I found you work as the secretary for a mysterious. I'm shaking my head so in Florence. So don't you ever use the word mysterious when you're helping someone, by the way. That is already very suspect. Um, (laughs) So she does the whole the same fucking thing. Everything Write letters. The same. Tell everyone you're okay. Well, it worked for her the first time, so she really didn't. The first two times, she's not going to fix it. It ain't broken. Oh well, no. Let me actually. It was a little different because um, her body was melted to make soap. Oh, the second one. The third. Oh, so, so she lost her taste. So she was like, you know she what? Was like, mm. I'm done with these tea cakes. They're not that great. The blood is making it cr- too crumbly. She made soap. But here's what uh, our friend Leonardo said. She ended up in the pot like the other two. Her flesh was fat and white. When it had melted, I added a bottle of cologne. And after a long time on the boil, I was able to make some most acceptable creamy soap. 
I gave bars to neighbors and acquaintances. The cakes, too, were better. That woman was really sweet. (laughs) So, like, we're not talking about somebody that was like, I was trying to get rid of the body, and I did this crazy thing where I made soap and cakes. There's something so fucking deeply wrong with her that she's like, oh, and you know what? That one, she was actually delicious. Like, she is, I think the cannibalism aspect gets a little overlooked and she becomes just a female serial killer that killed people with an axe. And I want to say she's clearly into the cannibalism. For sure. She clearly developed a taste for it. She knew what was in those cakes and she's deciding to eat them. And even though I said money's not part of it, she did get, like, money from each one. She sold their clothes. She sold their shoes. She sold their jewelry. Like, because I don't know how she got all their stuff. Because I guess they she were was all like, single. She, well, and she was like, right before you leave, pack all your earthly belongings and then come see me. Cacioppo's sister is like, what's going on? She gets really suspicious because she's not seen her sister. And the last time she saw her, she saw her entering Leonardo's house. So she tells the superintendent of the police in Reggio Emilia and they open an investigation and then I don't know if they question Leonardo or or whatever, but she's not saying anything. But then they're kind of like, well, we think your son also has something to do with it. And we talked about this. Someone accused her son. Do not talk about Leonardo's kids. Don't do it. She'll make you into soap. Don't do it. So she confesses and... Would you rather be soap or tea cakes? Mm, Tea... mm, Soap. Same. Soap. That's the right answer, right? I think that's the right answer. I think so. She basically confesses to everything just to fucking protect her kid. Um, And then she's like tried for murder. He's like, mom, stop. Yeah. <laughs> so Mom, annoying. you're making you're embarrassing, me. you're embarrassing me at the police precinct. Don't tell them I used your friend as soap. <laughs> um, so she's tried for murder. She is not like particularly feeling badly openly about that. Yeah, based on her quotes, I would say this person is not feeling badly about it. Yeah, so there was like somebody at the trial, and this was um this was a little blurb I got from them at her trial in Reggio Emilia last week. Uh, poetess Leonarda gripped the witness stand rail with oddly delicate hands and calmly set the prosecutor right on certain details. Her deep set dark eyes gleamed with a wild inner pride as she concluded. I gave the copper ladle, which I used to skim the fat off the kettles, to my country which was so badly in need of metal during the last days of war. She's something ain't right. Something's off there. I mean, should we look at a picture again? Absolutely. Something's off there, and it looks off, right? Now, well, I don't know. You thought she was a nice-looking grandma before, but now maybe you're like, I don't know. There's her prison pic. Pretty, I don't want to say her nose makes her look scary, but her nose makes her look scary. Yeah, she kind of has a witchy nose. She has a witchy nose. She feels like a little witch. And a bitch. Carrie put her hat on, so I think she's leaving, so I'm going to finish. <laughs> no, I just was getting cold. <laughs> You're leaving. All right. Here's the good news. She was found guilty of her crimes. She's sentenced to 30 years in prison and three years in a criminal asylum. So right-hand prison, left-hand criminal asylum. I don't know. 
I think the coolest thing about this story is all the people that were predicting <laughs> things in it that were right. Well, the coolest things in the story are. <laughs> I'm like, in your okay. mind, you're like, I'm like, wait, they? this is really what? sad. This what? is dark. Don't say There's cool. something, you know what? I was actually reading an article or someone posted an article because of all these like true crime podcasts, all this stuff coming out that about like how it's sensationalizing murderers in a way. There's like this idea of being like, what is it about murders or things like that that we're fascinated with? And I will say, I don't think we're not romanticizing any of these murderers. I think it's important to note I mean, they're good stories. It's like story it's time. It's not good it like, happened. They're really great stories. They're great stories. But also, like, I'm not that worried about that. If you're offended by that, you I don't know what you're doing here. Just choose the things you like. You do me a favor. I mean? Just do what you like to do. And do what don't you like to do. be mad at me that you're we not like to doing say, what you like to do. Don't yuck anyone's yum. Don't yuck my don't yum. Don't yuck my yum. Don't yuck my yum. I won't, your, I won't yuck your yum. No. Agree. Um, but well, 30 years in the asylum. Crazy. Leonardo. She died scary. of, um, I don't know what cerebral apoplexy is. What is that? It's something to do with the brain. Apoplexy. Isn't that like, oh, cerebral, isn't that like just basically like, like a, paralysis? A brain of like, hemorrhage? No, I think because it would be a brain hemorrhage. <laughs> just say that. It would <laughs> say not hemorrhage. try to trick me. I think apoplexy is like, isn't apoplexy like paralysis? Well, I wouldn't ask you if I knew. Anyway, she died 1970, not that long ago. And speaking of uh, glorifying murderers, and I think it's very natural that to be fascinated in death and to be fascinated in the darkness that is present in humankind. And on that note, a number of artifacts from this case, including uh, the pot in which her victims were boiled, is actually at the Criminology Museum in Rome. So if you're in Rome and you want to see the pot that Leonardo used, wait. So that's are there. we going to Italy next year? Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> We're all. I'm gonna going. get you a whatever the gender reveal stuff is. I'm gonna get you like an Italy reveal. Just a kit. bunch of boots, like <laughs> <laughs> fall from the sky and land on you, and you're like, "What's going on?" Boots and just spaghetti, and I'm like. <gasps> It's Italy. It's going to give you a cerebral apoplexis. <laughs> but then we're going to go to Italy. How did, how did you say that last word? Apoplexis? Apoplexis. <laughs> I'm so tired. By the way, thank you so much for joining us today on Truly. I hope this isn't the last time you'll listen. Darkly. Yeah, we really love you. So please come back because it's very creepy. <laughs> we got to go to bed, you guys. We're so tired. It's 100 o'clock. Good it's night. a midnight o'clock. And in, in 2019 money, that's $3 million. Bye.